Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dogs, Lucy and Bert. Together, we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs in the pet industry. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode to find the inspiration and resources that will help you grow your own dog-inspired business. On this episode, I'm finally interviewing someone in the pet talent industry. I've wanted to talk to a dog talent agent since I started the podcast, and today I got to chat with a woman from the leading pet talent and casting agency in the UK. She shared some great stories about dogs and cats on set of TV, movies, and ad campaigns, and talks about what it takes to make it as a dog model. Guess what? You don't have to be an award-winning purebred. In the last year, she's noticed a big trend of featuring mixed breeds, bully breeds, and dogs with disabilities. Does your dog have what it takes to pose alongside stars like David Beckham? Listen to this episode and find out. Paula Stewart is part owner of Urban Paws UK, the leading animal talent and casting agency in the UK. They provide animal models and actors for TV, film, media, and PR events. Originally, the agency focused on dog models, but they have since expanded their talent pool to a whole array of wonderful creatures from tarantulas to llamas. (laughs) In 2018, Urban Pods UK launched a social media pet influencer service, linking social media pet stars with brands. This exciting way to reach new audiences has proven to be a hugely popular service and it's a rapidly growing part of the business. At Urban Paws UK, the welfare of the animals takes top priority, so they always work with reputable and experienced animal handlers while collaborating with the pet owners and clients to achieve market-leading results. Hey, Paula! Hey, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm really excited to learn about what you do. I was telling you before we started recording that I've been wanting to interview a dog agent for a long time. Oh, that's brilliant. It's a really great job to have. So tell tell me, like, how did you get into this line of work? Because I think, you know, a term that gets thrown around a lot is momager. Like, we all feel like we're dog momagers. And you're kind of like an actual professional dog manager. So, like, how did you how did you get into this line of work? Well, my colleague, Layla, who was the founder, um, wanted a job where she could take her own dog to, to work. And her dog is called Buttons. So shout out to Mr. B there. Um, And um, he's the most adorable little Yorkshire Terrier. And she just wanted to take him to work. So she founded the business. And um, I was really jealous of her because what a great job to have. Uh, But I started life as a celebrity talent manager in the UK. So because of that, I had experience of being an agent and a casting agent. And so um, that really is kind of the best progression because you've got that experience of dealing with um, managing people. And whilst I technically manage dogs and cats, uh, it's their owners that I have to speak to, unfortunately. I wish dogs could talk, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> so I have to ask, I'm sure everyone's thinking this, what is harder, managing celebrities or managing dogs? Celebrities, of course. They're really <laughs> dogs are perfect. They're the perfect companion because all they want to do is please you, whereas a celebrity definitely does not want to please their agent. So <laughs> um, that's true. But what can be hard is the uh, dog mums and dads where they're overly protective or overly cautious. And, you know, there's got to be a bit of give and, give and take there. Yeah, I would imagine, um, I, get, I mean, I guess you have to have the owners around the set, but it's probably best if they can kind of like be off to the side or maybe in the next room or something like that. What is the general practice for that? We actually deal with things a bit differently. So our owners um, are the dog's handlers on set. So they have to uh, be the people who instruct the dog what to do. And that goes for the, the same for cats, the same for lizards and spiders and raccoons and everything else it's the owner that we sent to the set with the animal because they relate with their pet the best and we have quite strong ethics about uh, how animals are treated on set and so therefore it's really important that the owner of the pet feels that their animal's being handled correctly and really unless it's a very experienced trainer and handler um, the person who knows their animal the best is is their owner. So it, it's great to have them there. The only time it's difficult is when um, the owner's not very realistic about how things work on set, and that sometimes happens. Like, do you have any examples of that happening? <laughs> well, it's only difficult um, if we're working with celebrities and they might want to kiss the celebrity. We've had that before. Somebody wanted to kiss David Beckham on the lips, which was very difficult. Um, Wait, the, the person wanted to kiss him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so David Beckham wanted to kiss the dog and the person wanted to kiss David Beckham. So, you know, <laughs> that's a bit awkward. Um, so th there's about, there's that line of being um, professional at the same time as being a bit of a fangirl, because of course every lady wants to meet David Beckham. So I mean, I want to kiss him on the lips too, but I don't think I would ask. <laughs> um, and the same goes for Rihanna. We worked with Rihanna this year, and there's a certain level of you know secrecy, and you've got to expect that the owner of the dog doesn't go and tell all the friends. But then at the same time, who doesn't want to say I'm working with Rihanna this afternoon? So. Yeah, it's a real balance. You know, it's that professionalness of being in the talent industry and understanding production schedules and you can't tell people things for months sometimes and then balancing that with being a proud dog mom. It's kind of hard. Absolutely. Because, you know, if it was my dog that was selected to work with Rihanna, I'd want the world to know. So, you know, it's it's about working with the people that are being professional and caring about their animals' welfare at the same time. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, because I think that uh, not not all the time, but like every once in a while, there's some movie that comes out with a dog in it. And there's a story of some the behind the scenes footage. The dog was mistreated. And I've been on sets where there were pets. And I know that there's usually way more rules about how the pets are treated than how the people are treated. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you know, what are, what are the requirements? Like, do they have to take certain breaks or are there limits that are outlined about what they can and cannot do? 
I think every agency is different. Um, I'm not sure about laws all over the world, but certainly in our territory, uh, when we're working with dogs, there are certain health and safety um, considerations to be taken into account. But more than that, we as a company uh, set really strict regulations because what we want is for the animal to be comfortable first and foremost. And if, if that means that the dog doesn't complete the job, then that's fine. We just want the dog to be happy. So if, if that doesn't suit the director, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Director, but the dog's leaving. So that, that, that's how strict we are about it. We have certain standards that we set out in advance. We put in a contract that the animal can only work so many hours. And um, of course, that's different for every animal because some dogs can work for very many hours and that's within their capability and comfort zone. But other dogs definitely can't do that. And certainly cats work for less time than dogs do and rabbits even less time than cats. So um, there's all those things to take into account. But we have guidelines that we present to each producer that we work with. And um, it's really then the owner's responsibility to say, no, my dog's not having a good time anymore. So this stops and we take a break and then we'll go again when the dog's had rest. Do you find that um, you have to be a professional dog trainer in order for your dog to be a dog model? No, but it does help when your dog has training. So it, we would expect the minimum to be basic obedience, which would be the kennel clubs recognized uh, bronze, silver and gold levels. Uh, and basic obedience um, for the modeling jobs where the dog just needs to sit and stay, that's all required of the dog. But for the more advanced roles where a dog needs to work to script, of course, they need to have tricks in their, in their back pocket, shall we say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, of course, if you're a dog trainer, then I'm sure your dogs are brilliant and you can get to work on any kind of role. But again, we look at how the dog's been trained. Animals that are trained using reward-based methods, and that's really again important to us. Now, I'm also kind of curious, and I want to ask you. So, I think that you know, I think there's a huge. I don't want to call it a trend because it's more significant than that, but, you know, rescuing dogs and adopting. Um, and when I think of dogs in commercials, you think of like golden retriever in a toilet paper commercial or a Maltese in a dog food commercial or something like that. You think of these beautiful purebred dogs, but have you noticed that there's more of a demand for mixed breeds and dogs with you know, interesting backgrounds for modeling and acting gigs? Yeah, I think this year we've seen a real rise in it because I don't know if you know, but in the UK, um, the Staffordshire Bull Terrier, which is similar to the American Pit Bull Terrier, um, was the, announced as the favourite breed at Crufts. So that was a massive win. And that has meant that our dogs, that are Staffordshire Bull Terriers, have seen an increase in work. So we've had six... Staffordshire Bull Terriers just work with Burberry, which is phenomenal. Uh, you know, that's they're great advocates for um, the breed. And that to us is when we've hit the jackpot, when a, a breed that doesn't get used so much gets used by, by a massive brand like Burberry. Um, but yes, certainly um, my dogs are both rescue dogs. One of them is too poorly to work, but the other one, she does get 
um, work every now and then. And, you know, she's seven years old and she's got a grey face and she's a big bull, bull breed, you know. And I thought she'd never get a job. And she does get picked very occasionally, <laughs> but she does get picked. There, there is definitely a, a, a rise in that. But we have many dogs such as Whippets and Lurchers um, that have come from racing backgrounds and are now retired. They work. And then we also work with several rescue dogs that don't have um, all their limbs. They might be a tripod or they may be missing an eye uh, because of their terrible past. But we're seeing that advertising now is becoming more inclusive and that applies to pets as well. So any dog can be a model, no matter what they look like, just as long as we approach it in the right way. Yeah, I think it's really, really cool. I think in the fashion industry, they've been featuring a little bit more diverse people. Um, and there's been a few people I've seen in like wheelchairs or with prosthetic limbs or things like that. And that's really, really cool. But then, like you said, I have seen some ads with a dog with one eye or something like that. It it really gets your attention. And I think it's a wonderful choice it, to me. It really is because there is. it's been scientifically proven now that animals used in advertising help pull at the heartstrings and they help sell more products. And what I think is great about working with animals is the training that's required increases the bond between the human and, and the animal, and it gives them mental stim stimulation and physical stimulation, which is why I also think pet influencers are great, because whilst people think, why has your cat got an Instagram? Well, the human's bonding with their pets, and that's not a bad thing at all. I love that. It's a wonderful perspective. I'm always talking about that. Like just taking a little bit of time to train your dog to do something for a photo. It's going to be cute in the photo, but your dog doesn't really care how many likes they get. They want to just spend time and please you and do something fun together. So, so we've talked a ton about the modeling and, and dog actors, and I'm so interested in that personally, but you guys also represent pet influencers, and that's kind of a more recent venture, I guess, for Urban Paws. So um, tell us, how, how is that different than, um, than the traditional dog modeling side of the business? It's really great for those owners that don't have time to travel to set or go to different locations. Or, for example, if the dog doesn't like traveling but is really capable and really well trained. So it's great to in include those pets that might not have the opportunity to model, yet they get to do it online and on Instagram. And um, we think it's, again, like we've just touched on, it's really beneficial for the owner and the pet to spend time together and who doesn't love seeing animals in their Instagram feed or in their Facebook feed or TikTok or wherever and it's you know I think we're a bit slower to catch on in the UK with how important social media is but it's completely ubiquitous now it's everywhere it's in everyone's lives and I think our pets should definitely have a part of that too. So Okay, I'm I'm like curious, can someone quit their job and make their living off of their dog's modeling career? We have several owners that have done that, um, primarily dog owners that have done it. We have a couple of cat owners too that have managed to leave their career because they're doing so well out of, um, you know, their modeling work, which is amazing because they're getting to spend all their time with their animals and who you know that that's the dream for me I've got an Instagram account for my tortoise and I keep 
trying to make him famous, but it's not happening. <laughs> For your tortoise? Yeah. Are there any tortoise influencers? Well, I'm trying to make Jeff an influencer, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm going to go follow him. I I totally support your dream. I think that's amazing. But what I'm trying to get across is that I guess that it's any animal can do this. And the dream is to be able to give up work, spend all day with your animals, spend all day with your family, which are your pets. So yeah, and it's still work. I mean, I think a lot of people since I, I have been doing acting and modeling myself here in Pittsburgh for like 10 plus years and people always come up to me and say oh I want to get my daughter into that and I'm like well you know they shoot these things during the day like you're gonna have to take off work and take your she's gonna have to take off school you're gonna have to take your daughter to go do this it people don't always think about that like it is still a job that happens during the day and what we find is that the animal owners expect the film crews to come to their house on a weekend when they're off work and unfortunately the film industry doesn't work like that as you know they they work during the day during the week like everybody else does so there for people to get into the industry it does take a certain level of commitment I think yeah and a a flexible schedule just to understand how it's gonna work yeah absolutely so um I want to look for some of your clients in in movies and TV and print and everything, where can we see some of your clients in different movies? Or We've done a lot of films. The I Love Dogs film last year that um, we, we've got dogs in that. Um, we have a cat called Bob, who was the, a street cat named Bob. Um, we've, we're doing TV programs here in the UK every single day. Uh, and a lot of the time our animals are used in advertising mainly, so for commercials. And people would think that's mainly for pet products, but it's really not. It's mainly for car products, uh, insurance, home heating, gas and electric, you know, literally everything. Because advertisers really realise now the value of having animals in their commercials. Yeah, I, I, I've had the opportunity to work with a couple of dogs on commercials. I was in one for um, a financial company, and there was a dog who was applying for a loan in the bank. That was pretty cute. Yeah. Um, and then there was another one I did. It was for a gas company, like for your for your heat in your house. And, you know, I was like going downstairs with the dog to turn up the thermostat. Um and yeah, and so there's just, you know, dogs can kind of, they're part of our lives. And so it makes sense that they can be in ads for anything that's part of your life. That's true, because that's how it is in the real world, that dogs and cats are found in people's homes, in people's lives. And in the UK, it's something like uh, 60% of the population ha- has a pet. So for marketers, that's a massive target group to hit. So it just makes sense that in advertising there would be animals in, in part in, in part of commercials, you know. Um, okay, I just had another thought come up as you're talking. <laughs> Sorry, this interview is so off the cuff, but I just I just think off the top of my head, and 
I'm like wondering how you scout models because I know that I walk down the street and I see cute dogs and I go up to them and I say, what's your Instagram? And, and I want to become friends with the dog. Do you just go up to animals on the street and say like, have you ever considered modeling? <laughs> it has been known. I always carry my business cards around with me just in case that happens, particularly for breeds or crossbreeds that don't you know, we haven't seen before. And actually, I'd say most of our work goes to crossbreed animals because they're more sort of realistic and they uh, um, uh, they represent the population better. So any unusual crossbreeds, yes, definitely, we do that a lot. Um, but a lot of the time we go to dog shows and cat shows and reptile exhibitions and that's to meet the owners and to actually meet the animals in person and see how they react in that sort of environment. Because if you think on set, the, there might be 40 members of crew, um, you know, in total 50 members of staff running around. So the dog's got to be confident and happy with being around that amount of people. So, yeah, we do approach people based on looks but more often than not it's based on temperament and how they cope with difficult surroundings that's such a good point I hadn't really thought about but a dog show with all the lights and cameras and people is pretty similar to like a movie set yeah absolutely and so that's a really good place to do recruitment because you know that the dog's coping and you can see them happy in that environment so they will do well on a film set that's so interesting. Um, before we get to the end of this, I, I need to ask you, like, do you have a favorite story of either something really amazing that happened or something really ridiculous that happened <laughs> with one of your pet models? Yeah, sure. So the most in really ridiculous thing that has ever happened was that a client was la launching a new film in the cinema for, it was Lego's Unikitty. And um, so they, what they wanted was 13 cats to walk down a red carpet in Leicester Square in, in London. Um, with people everywhere. With people everywhere. And the cats had to walk down the red carpet and then go and sit in, in a cinema seat all in a row. Uh, <laughs> it was the hardest job I've ever done because it was literally like herding cats. <laughs> and getting 13 cats to all look forward at the cinema street cinema screen for such a long time was immensely difficult but we did do it and we got there in the end um it was an eight-hour day filming so that tells you how long it took to to work this but wow it was worth it yeah it was worth it but I've had bad times when cats have run up chimneys and the fire brigade has had to be called out thankfully we don't get that issue with dogs because dogs uh, tend to be better trained and they certainly want to stay with their own as, oppo as opposed to hiding away so and dogs aren't very good at climbing up chimneys but they do think. also dogs get to kiss David Beckham so you know you know just bring it full circle here Paula I love it <laughs> I think we should end on the thought of kissing David Beckham, whether it's you or your dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, this has been such a pleasure to get to know you and hear about hear about your line of work. It's so interesting. Um, and it just goes to show in the pet industry, there's no limit to what kind of a job you can have. You know, sure. it's kind of all over the place. It's amazing. 
So um, tell everyone where they can find Urban Pause UK online and sort of keep up with what you're doing. We're online everywhere. TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website are all Urban Pause UK. So if you just Google that, you will find us. Um, I'm so into TikTok, but... I don't think I'm very good at it. Do you guys do a lot of TikTok videos? We're just getting to grips with it, but we have worked with TikTok um, several times this year uh, doing product launches for them. So, yeah. Oh, do you have any insider tips? (laughs) Because I post videos and they get literally zero views. (laughs) (laughs) It's really difficult. I think the key with TikTok is to make it as loud and as fun as possible. So use the music features and use the cartoon stickers use all of that and then you'll get the views oh okay well there's some homework for everyone who's listening if you don't have tiktok yet download it but make sure you have like an extra five hours of your day because you're gonna watch about five hours of videos (laughs) (laughs) that's so true yeah well thank you so much paula um it was great having you on the show thank you i've really enjoyed it thank you Thank you for listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, we'll see you around the dog park.